How are you going to kill anything when you haven't eaten in two days? The fairy's tiny voice asked. The wolf raised his head and sat back on his haunches. He frowned at the fairy as much as his wolven muzzle would allow, then shifted to his human form. A wolf one second, a man in the next. He ran his fingers through his auburn hair and remained sitting on the ground. I ate a rabbit yesterday, Tink. Tinkerbell flashed crimson with indignation. One whole rabbit for a big bad wolf like you. You stupid ass. If an aberration doesn't kill you, starvation will. He rolled his eyes and pushed up off the ground. All right, mother. Shifters like Connell, with command over their abilities, always transformed with their clothing and belongings intact. They didn't appear in his wolf form unless he willed it, but they always returned with his human body. The unexplainable act of magic came as natural as breathing. I take it you're bringing up food because you saw something. I did. There are quail in the bushes, she announced proudly. The weightless woodkin landed on his shoulder and muted her glow to a dull sparkle. In no mood to devour his meal as an animal, he shot a pair of quail with his bow instead and cooked them over a fire. Tink had her own ideas of how hard he should push himself to catch the elusive aberration hunting his clan's wolves. And as the Alpha, it was up to him to protect them, even at the risk of his own safety. He couldn't remember the last time he'd had a full night's rest, but if he fell in battle, he'd prefer if it wasn't due to extortion. You should have brought others, she chided. Connell grunted. There weren't enough of the others. They'll be needed there to protect their families if the beast loops back around to our territory. He was among the strongest of the shifters in Clan Tanwolf, but even he didn't know what kind of creature he'd tracked from the boundaries of their land. And since it left no survivors to describe its appearance, the beast's entire existence had been shrouded in mystery. Despite the worries on his mind, his lids felt heavy. His eyes fluttered open again as he battled against the weight falling over his limbs. Exhaustion crashed over him like a tidal wave, and his head fell back against the tree behind him. Sleep. I'll keep watch. She fluttered up from her perch on his shoulder, winking between shades of tranquil blue and green. Did you... did you fairy dust me? His words slurred, and then he slipped down onto his side, the ground cushioned only by dead leaves. Maybe, she replied, drawing out the word. Gonna, gonna swat you when I get up? You do that. A cool touch alighted against his cheek. Sleep well, Connell. He awakened hours later with the dawn sun upon his face, beams of light filtering through the half-barren branches above, where tenacious orange and gold leaves clung. Spring should have been fully upon them, but ice crystals blanketed the ground in a fine sheen of glittering white. He gazed up at a dormant forest in shades of grey and a little fairy resting upon his chest. Feel better? she asked. He grunted, 
too proud to admit she was right. Tink's glow shifted to vibrant orange, accompanied by chiming laughter gentler than bells. <laughs> you need a bath. Aye. Well, that isn't happening any time soon. I haven't seen a creek deep enough to submerge even my ankles. A village lies nearby. A human village. No, he snapped. I won't be going into the village, and that is that. The little woodkin huffed and flew from his chest. Fine. Where to now? We continue following the trail. The beast will kill again. More reason to head toward the village, she argued. It's a good place to strike. Except this beast hasn't killed any humans, he spat. There's a bear clan to the east. I'll check there. 